can't tell you how many times, uh, like even my, my buddies, those successful backcountry hunters are like, there was one bull and it was a beauty of a bull. And if I wouldn't have stuck with that for those four or five days, I wouldn't have had a chance of killing that caliber of bull because yes, it was crickets, I was out there. And so for a person never experiencing that before or being newer to that Western style of hunting, it's a really, really big deal to, to be prepared um, when you head out there and, and not go back, not ditch out and say, I'll do it again. Cause you'll beat yourself up for years if you do that. Grizzlies actually, in my experience, will typically stay away from your kill for a period of time. Yeah, like they'll do a they'll do a really crazy like circle, especially if you've been cutting that elk up. They don't go in there right away on human scent. And this has been my experience too. Yeah, like they'll circle it, they'll circle it, and then they'll leave. And then they'll come back again and they'll circle it again. And when they sense that your presence is not as strong, that's when they'll go in and they'll take that gut pile. If you can back squat with proper form, 50% of your body weight for what, five, six reps without any sort of sign of failure, you're equipped to go and pack that of that load. But if you have instabilities and that sort of stuff, like that means that you probably shouldn't be packing that load, let alone a, like, yeah, even with hernia, it's just knowing that like, no, you shouldn't, like it's not worth it. You know, people always say like, oh, you don't want to do that. Like you'll wear it out. And it's like, no, 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 I'm, I want to wear it out. Like get it. Like that modern medicine is here for a reason. If they can do it and they can make your quality of life better, yeah. do it and wear that sucker out. And then, and if, you know, you have to get another one, get another one. Hey guys, real quick before we get into this episode, I need you to do me a couple of favors. First, go give us a review on iTunes can't stress it enough. It's really, really important for me to help keep this free and to help me keep it going. Next, get involved with your hunting rights. Go join Howl for Wildlife. Super simple. Takes a couple minutes. You can even do the free membership. I don't care, but be involved. Lastly, I want you to do yourself a favor and up your shooting game. Go get you some Phoenix shooting bags. Use promo code John Stallone to save 20%. That's all I got for you. Let's get into this episode. We're talking to Weston Paul of Mountain Tough Lab. Yeah, why don't you give us a little rundown about yourself? Absolutely, man. No, thanks. Thanks for having me on. It's fun. I got to meet you and Charles at the Western Hunt Expo there in Salt Lake City. And, um, yeah, right away. We have a lot in common for sure. And what you all are doing at Howl, uh, we're just so appreciative too, just in the education side, the awareness. Um, it's really, really important. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab, uh, we're headquartered in Bozeman, Montana, but we're a fitness app primarily focused on the backcountry hunter, backcountry athlete. That's mm-hmm. our space for sure. Um, we've been around since 2016, actually. It all started. Uh, Dustin Diefender for a friend of mine, longtime bow hunter, lifelong bow hunter, honestly, from Montana. Um, I met him at a trail race out of all things, and he had an elk antler on the T-shirt he was wearing. And I ran up, and naturally, I'm like, he's got an elk antler on his shirt. must be a hunter. Struck up a conversation with him way back in 2015. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, long story short, he started Mountain Tough in 2016. 
because he was running a whole bunch. I was actually running a whole bunch too. Just kind of got into that world, the ultra marathon world. It's awesome, awesome, positive, uplifting, hard charging community. And it's something that's near and dear to my heart. And Dustin was doing those. I was as well. But Dustin really recognized that when you'd step into the elk woods mm -hmm. after running for, let's say, an entire spring and summer, doing all these races, when you put your backpack on and you start climbing the hills and the ridgelines and the mountains, you're kind of sucking wind. That was translate. my experience too. <laughs> like it doesn't translate. And you're yeah. like, well, but that specialty of running is really valuable. Your fitness level is like you're on cloud nine. There's honestly not much of a better feeling than being in that at that level of fitness, but it didn't correlate to the backcountry hunter. And so Dustin really dove into that style of training where it was a blend of both cardio and strength. So that endurance piece and then the strength piece, and it's grown and evolved since then. Uh, about a year and a half ago, moved over to an actual app. So that native app now, you can get it in you know, the app store, wherever you get your apps, you can go and have access to all of the training programs that Mountain Tough has to offer. And that's a really, really big deal because not everybody is the same. Everybody has a little different fitness journey. Mm -hmm. um, but we want to meet you where you're at, you know, with the ultimate goal of going and um, feeling good in the mountains or maybe just feeling good in day-to-day -day life. So, that you know, as you're navigating work and relationships and all the stuff that goes with life, like you feel good um, from that fitness perspective. But subtly wrapped into all of our programming is a really big, strong, uh, a really good, strong emphasis on mental toughness. Mm -hmm. Because that's the one thing that we knew the most successful backcountry hunters that were out there were able to push through a lot of adversity. So while even if they don't have the high fitness level, they're able to push themselves to a level mm -hmm. um, maybe when there's like disappointment like stuff didn't go the way you wanted it to go, all that sort of stuff, they're still able to persevere. So all of our programming has a really strong mental toughness component. We're saying you're doing this because, you know, other stuff's going to come up, whether it's on the hunt or it's in your everyday life, you're going to have hardships. How are you going to handle those hardships? So through a workout, you learn all of these life lessons as well. And so that's really near and dear to our heart here at Mountain Tough. That's something that we add into all of our programs and that's all in the app. Like while there is a strong fitness focus, we've got a 10 day mental toughness course, which is not physical fitness. It's mental fitness. It's training you to think about what are you, what are your goals? You know, how do you handle adversity? And we really like, we want to offer an individual training that helps them be really well-rounded. So it's not just physical, it's mental uh, we even got, we call it spiritual component, but just, you know, take that time, rest, recover, spend time in community, um, those pieces that are really important. And then we got a PT, we got awesome PT program in the app and don't tell anybody we have yoga. We just don't call it yoga. It's <laughs> called mountain movement, but that's, <laughs> mountain that's good for okay. a lot of people there for sure um, when it comes down to it. But yeah, mountain tough fitness though, like we, we're just we want to help individuals excel in their lives. And of course that does translate into having a better experience when you're out in the mountains on a hunt um, for sure, by having that level of fitness and training specificity 
you know, that's, that's very, very key in the mountains. So if you get out here, you know, there's a lot of anticipation. If you're a first time Western hunter, um, or you have a hunt coming up and you haven't experienced that before, yes, you can read and you can watch and you can anticipate, but like we were talking earlier, John, like oftentimes stuff doesn't have, Oh yeah. it it doesn't live (laughs) up to the expectations you have of it. And mountain hunting oftentimes can be that way. Yeah. It's like, I just can't wait. I've been waiting like all year to hear screaming bulls, bugling bulls, you know, on September 20th. And I've got a 10 day hunt planned and you get out there and you hike in and and everything seems like it's awesome. And it's a ghost town, you know, it's crickets like, and there's no bulls to be found because the area you scouted is, you know, for whatever reason, they're not in there at that time of year. And, you can be really defeated in that. Like you put all that time and effort and anticipation. And so what we try to teach is like, Hey, like stick with it. Yes. You don't hear anything. You've done all these hard workouts. Like you are very, very capable of handling this situation. Don't go home. Don't go back to the truck. Keep at it because I can't tell you how many times, uh, like even my, my buddies, those successful backcountry hunters are like, there was one bull. And it was a beauty of a bull. And if I wouldn't have stuck with that for those four or five days, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had a chance of killing that caliber of bull because yes, it was crickets. I was out there. And so for a person never experiencing that before or being newer to that Western style of hunting, it's a really, really big deal to, to be prepared uh, when you head out there and, and not go back, not ditch out and say, I'll do it again. Cause you'll beat yourself up for years if you do that. Right. So, yeah, no, yeah, nothing's man. worse than giving up on something. I think I know. in 40 years of hunting, at least that I can remember, I'm sure when I was younger, maybe there was a few other times, but definitely my whole adult life, I can only remember one hunt where I quit. Yeah. And I, and, and I, I just, my, I wasn't in it for whatever reason. I wasn't in it. And I wanted to be home and I, I left. Well, I yeah. was forced to quit a couple more times, but the first, that was the only <laughs> time, it was the only time that I had to, that I, that, that I didn't have to quit and I quit on my own. And man, it ate at me forever. Like regret, yeah. regret is a bitch. Like I always tell my, my kids, I'm like, you know what? I mean, I'm not saying do everything. Please think about what you're going to do, but Yes. I don't re- I don't regret anything I've ever done. I only regret the things I didn't do. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't have a single regret for things that I done, even things that failed. Whatever. Okay, I failed. Yep. You know. Yeah. The um, failure piece is like if it was all if it always lived up to that what you had built up in your minds, you would never learn anything because right. you can think of that, right? So it's those failures oftentimes like those are the ones that teach us the most because you're like how could i do that differently like what would i have done the next now i have this play in my playbook right like Mm -hmm. the next time i experience this i'm going to tap back to that failure and say this is how i fix that and navigate to potentially the next failure or the next success that might be there too by being by having that persistence as well but yeah, it's a it's a tricky thing too. Like even 
like the change in weather, you know, that so often happens or, um, who knows? Like, yeah, predators, we got a lot of grizzly bears out here. It's like, man, those, those, those change the game for you big oh, time yeah. or let alone, yeah. Having hunting partners, that sort of stuff. I was like, yeah. well, really shoot, anything, my, anything could tip the scales. Like it's, it doesn't take much. Yeah. No doubt about it. I was my, uh, my brother-in-law, I love to hunt with my brother-in-law. He's yeah. Such an awesome, awesome hunter and so fun to be around. And so typically we'll do an archery hunt every year. And a couple years ago, he came out and, you know, buzzed up here. I hopped in the truck with him. I had camp put in. Um, we're like all excited because it had been a couple years prior. He had missed the previous year. And so we didn't get a hunt together. And so we were excited for this one here two years ago and got in and the weather was pretty dang nice. But then we had a big storm coming in and big storms. Like I get pretty giddy for those big snowstorms, whether it's in September or October or November, they do a lot in the movement patterns of animals and, you know, having that, you know, sort of figured out in a couple areas, I feel really confident in those big snowstorms that, that roll in. And so we were in, all anticipate in anticipation of that snowstorm rolling in and we've had really great success in years past. And my brother-in-law, we, we, we got to the trailhead, hiked all the way in camp was set up. We had, you know, I got the hot tent. So all those luxuries, <laughs> uh, wood, wood cut. And we're like, yep. And, uh, that evening I could, like, he coughed like a couple times and he was like, you know, no big deal, whatever. We woke up the next morning because he'd heard bugles all night and we left our camp and not like 200 yards out of camp or we're, we're into bulls. Like it was so perfect. Like calling, got busted like right away like at first light you know mm -hmm. which was we're just we're on cloud nine and then we just kept walking up the ridge we're like we'll go for the next encounter see if we can get another situation we're listening to bull's bugle kept climbing and i like look back and i'm like where in the world's my brother-in-law and my buddy eric was with us too and and we're both just like man we like lost him like what happened he's not like he's in good shape and so we waited and, and then he's kept like we saw him he kept coming he got up to us and he's like guys i just don't feel right like i'm just off and uh, he joked he was like i must have covid oh, <laughs> i knew that's where you were he going was just, i was like oh my gosh and he he was he joked about it but i'm like man like he is like out of it like no energy like eric and i aren't hiking fast and he is not even anywhere near us we got up a little higher and as we were talking about earlier, it's like, then you get service. And so my brother-in-law popped on his phone and his coworker um, had texted him. and was like, Hey, Shit. just want to let you know, I'm like super sick. <laughs> it was COVID. I hate to tell a COVID story, but this one's pretty good. Um, and uh, my brother-in-law is like, he had just got done. He's in the Ar army national guard and they had driven across the state of South Dakota and back him with his coworker. And he was like, I'm totally, I totally got it. Like I'm, and, uh, anyway, I'm like, well, what do you want to do? Like, and he's like, he's like, I don't think I want to stay out of here. And I was like, I, I would say for you probably like get home, get someplace warm. Um, right. And, uh, you know, settle in. And so he jetted, he left and I'd rode over with him in his truck and I'm like, oh, you know, go, you got go it. home. <laughs> um, and then I was like, and I had, yeah, like that night, that first night he had, um, 
Oh, we had some like little like drink tabs, some like electrolyte tabs. It was funny because he's like, Oh man, these are so good. Uh-huh. And I, he's like, try this out. It was some oh, flavor. And, and I drank out of his water bottle, which is funny because that was in hindsight, I'm like thinking about this. Anyway, I drank out of his water bottle, not thinking anything of it. And so he, he left, my brother-in-law left my buddy, Eric, he's a school teacher. He's like, I'm, I'm fine. Like he's been around every sort of sickness you can imagine all oh, the yeah. time being a teacher. So he's like, I'm good, but he only had like another two days to hunt. And so my brother-in-law left. He did make it home. He did have a nasty bout of, of COVID and it took him quite a while to recover. Nasty lung stuff. My buddy Eric, we hunted for two more days. We didn't kill a bull, but we had just an awesome time. And it's snowing a little bit more and a little bit more. And Eric was fine. He left. And so now I'm out there and I have no no truck whatsoever, nothing at the trailhead. Oh, and I'm shit. all by myself. And this big, big storm hit. So Eric left on this really big storm. And I'm like out there, I'm like, well, if I get, like, if I get sick, whatever, I'm quarantined. So yeah. I'll walk out from camp and, you know, uh, if, if it gets real bad, I'll leave. But I, every morning I'd wake up and I'm like, I feel fine. Like I can breathe. Like I'm good. And I was like excited about that. I felt good. So I'm out there all by myself, like what, like oh, four days in on the fourth day. Mm-hmm. And this snowstorm settled in and dumped like two feet. And it was intense. Like I, I mean, like knocking snow off the tent, there's so much that you could have gone skiing. Like it was incredible in this area that I'm in. Uh, it's like, I, like I said, I just get giddy because it is that good when it comes to hunting, um, when there's a big snowstorm nice. and the elk just start moving in, the cows start coming, the bulls are right there with them. And it's like, it's an absolute festival. And I'm out there all by myself. I'm like, I don't care at this point. Like I'm not sick. Um, I have no, nobody with me. My buddy Eric's going to come back in, uh, you know, on the weekend. So I got a couple more days there without him. And, uh, I'm like, I just get a hunt. Like it's, it's all me, <laughs> which is selfishly sometimes a nice, nice thing too. But and I you had, and then it's all you pack like, out. <laughs> it's all, it's all me. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm absolutely, I just know where they go. Um, I know their routes. And so I'm just waiting like that evening hunt after that big snowstorm. I'm like waiting kind of bo- on the border of this big meadow that they'll feed out into. And I know the snow's going to push them. They're going to be a little bit more hungry. So they're going to come out a little bit early and sure thing they do. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm in snow. I got, all my puff jackets on. I'm like, I hope I can draw my bow back. And they start filing out and I wasn't really close enough. And in that sort of environment too, when they're already rattled, it's like calling doesn't necessarily work the greatest. Like they want to go and feed and those bulls are kind of fanatic because the cows are moving all over the place. Hmm. So my evening setup didn't really work the way I wanted it to where I was but I happened to glass back down the bottom of this meadow and out in this opening right down from my camp. There's three bulls like literally right down from my camp. And so I bomb off the top of this meadow all the way down and go and circle around through some like dark timber where there's some elk trails. And I literally cut a brand new fresh grizzly track. Like I'm like, he went through somewhere between me going up to this meadow and having that opportunity up there and where these three bulls bumped out below my camp. So I literally, I I hit this grizzly track, good grizzly track too. And I'm like, well, he's moving out towards those bulls. So he's not coming back towards me. And 
big old footprints in this new snow. And I just walked those footprints. I was like, if he's going to sneak through those elk, like I should be able to sneak through those elk too. Right. <laughs> and, um, and sure thing. I walked these grizzly tracks. It's like, you can't make it up. And I couldn't ever anticipate a situation like this either, but it's like snow falling like lightly, um, little aspens, um, some pine trees, and then three bulls, like two raghorns that are kind of, you know, racking antlers together, you know, fighting a little bit and a bunch of cows below them. And then a good six by six, that's like raking some of those aspen trees. And he's kind of doing his thing. And I know he's like, yeah, I'm going to go pick those cows off here in a second. And I literally sneak in because it's quiet as could be following these grizzly tracks, those two raghorns. And I know I should never pass on anything because even when you live in a place like I live, those encounters don't come that frequently. So you should never pass on a bull. But I was like, I got to pass. Like I got to pass on these raghorns because this six by six is raking these trees and there's no outlet in this little area where his trees were. And there's a big pine tree in between me and him. Mm. And I'm like, he's going to turn and he's going to walk right out. Cause he's going to go after those cows. He doesn't know I'm here. There's no like drafts, like updraft downdraft of any sort because that snow's fallen. And, uh, I just sit and wait. I got an arrow knocked and sure thing. He turns and he walks right out in front of me. If it was even 20 yards, I don't even know. <laughs> Didn't range fine. Cause it's too close anyway. And, uh, he walks right out in front of me. Snow's falling. It's almost slow motion. And I didn't even cow call to stop him. I just drew back perfectly broadside. And, um, he looked over at me like what in the world? And I just let that arrow fly, sailed it right through him. I was like, no way. Like I, I'm like, I'm by myself. And right away I'm like, I'm by myself. Like, <laughs> right, yep. and There's a grizzly bear around. <laughs> I'm like, he went down, he went down like a roll. He went like 60 yards and just rolled. And I was like, yes, I can't believe it. I'm like, and there's a grizzly bear. Like, yep. And this elk is right here. My camp is right up above it, you know? Right. Um, and so I was ecstatic um, about that bull dropping. And it was right about last light, not quite to it. But all of a sudden, I'm like looking and I'm excited that bull like went down. I watched him. He rolled. He, he literally got up, went like another probably 40 yards and fell over again. And I was just like, what in the world? Like I smoked this guy. Like I'm like, I could see like perfect pass through. Um, I got Illuminoc on one side, Broadhead on the other side. He's pouring. He went down and he got up and then he went like 40 yards and fell. And I'm like, why in the world? Well, I look down kind of this ridge line and I see a silhouette of a guy. And I never see people in this area, like especially in a snowstorm like this. So I was a little bit startled, but then also a little bit like relieved that there was another person out right. there yeah. <laughs> with me. And so he was just tuned into some other elk. He didn't see my bull and he was cow calling and trying to work another bull. And I was just like, Oh man, I kind of waved to him and he, he motioned to me, get down. Cause I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm like, he's hunting. Like maybe he'll shoot one. And my bulls lay in there. And I'm like, man, like there's somebody in here. Like he could help me cut him up. Like right, <laughs> it'd be awesome. Right. Like I get a ride out with him. Anyway, I wait until it's past shooting light and then I pop up and he comes up to me and I'm, and I meet him. I never met him before, but super nice guy. And I was like, man, 
he just had come in on a whim to this you know new area and he was gonna hike out and i was like oh man i could probably go with you but i got a whole elk here that i probably should get to working on but i'm like man I kind of want to leave. You want to help me cut it up? And he was on a, he was on a mission to get out of there. And I was like, no, you'll be, I'll be fine. I got my camp up there. I'm like, I'm set. Yes. There's grizzly bears in here, but there's always grizzly bears. Like I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll message a buddy of mine and have him come in tomorrow. And he's like, yeah, I'll be back in bringing my hunting partner. Like we'll check on you and make sure you're okay. And, and everything. So anyway, I got to work on, I got to work on that elk and, um, and got them all done and hung up and, and all that stuff. And in reached my buddy so that he could come in the next day and get me and whatnot. And I had a really, really restless night's sleep. Cause I'm just like, Oh man, there's grizzlies around. I'm all by myself. I don't have a truck. I already like, did you have a fire? Should have probably left with, I have, Oh yeah. I have a firearm. Okay. I have a pistol and I'm um, actually around my tent too. I have a bear fence, okay. uh, which makes you sleep Smart. like, pretty dang well at night. Um, but still, you know, like I got my elk out there and, um, I'd love to have him out of here, but it's, you know, not necessarily right. like it's not happening, but even for me just to go through a restless night's sleep and just wonder, you know, what's, yep. Oh, my, is my elk okay? Like, is the grizzly going to run off with hindquarters or this or that? And the reality of it is, is no, it was fine. Um, everything was good. And grizzlies actually, in my experience, will typically stay away from your kill for a period of time yeah like they'll do a they'll do a really crazy like circle especially if you've been cutting that elk up they don't go in there right away on human scent and this has been my experience too oh, they'll come the in and they'll check on it yeah like they'll circle it they'll circle it and then they'll leave and then they'll come back again and they'll circle it again and when they sense that your presence is not as strong that's when they'll go in and they'll take that gut pile and i've I've had enough people say that same thing, but it's been something, especially in, in those snowstorms that I've seen like a lot of times, which gives me a little bit, um, you know, a little bit of a better feeling for sure. And then like a long time ago, there's a, a local guy here. He's kind of a legend. And he was, he just told me, he was like, yeah, just like leave a, an article of clothing, like an underlayer or something, you know, in that vicinity, whether you hang the stuff up or if you can't hang it up, leave an article of clothing. And then he's like, yeah, make sure and leave your scent before. around too. And he, he actually said, just t like take a piss around the perimeter as well, which if you're hydrated enough, I'm like, I think that's, has a lot to do with that predator coming in and, and leaving, leaving your kill alone for that period of time. Cause they don't want to mess with people. Like, I mean, I, I think there are some bears that are just there. Those people that get attacked are going to, you know, those bears are, are off. Like they're, they're not normal. Right. So they're going to go do that. But by and large, my experience has always been, they just walk that, that circle. Gotcha. They'll, they'll loop it. And then when you leave, you come back in like a couple days later, then you'll find that a grizzly is actually on your carcass. But mm. yeah, I don't know. I haven't my had experience, too like much I said, experience so. with grizzlies in the places that I haunt. I haven't really. Yeah. Where I was hunting I mean, moose I, this year, there was a, supposedly a shit ton of grizzlies. I seen some tracks and some sign, but I never actually saw one. I saw a little black where bear. Was, where was that? Where were you hunting moose? Uh, I was in the Yak River. Okay. Area, Dang. North north uh, western Montana. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, man. There was signs everywhere. It was warning people about grizzlies in there, but oh, totally. Yeah, we got we got a pile of them too. I'm like, hey. 
they're uh they're quite the creature no doubt about it I'm like oh i don't not want to start a one but knock on wood i'll knock on my table here yeah. <laughs> um that's been my experience but yeah sleepless night for sure uh, last night and i never did get sick i was like i don't know what what i was doing but i never got sick my poor brother-in-law he missed out on a really really great trip and my buddy eric then he came back in like we finished out the last weekend because he's a teacher so it's like yeah he had a week another weekend to hunt and we got close but man i'm like there's elk all over the place it's still like when it comes to shooting a shooting a bull let alone a, a decent bull they don't make it easy on you no matter but I, I feel like those big snowstorms like that they just they get a little rattled and they get a little off their game and uh that's when i get giddy like it's go time so yeah man but yeah i don't know the old, old pack out and all that stuff i'm like those are the those are the fun things but you don't think about that in a moment of sending an arrow through one that's for sure so no no <laughs> it comes down to it I very, very rarely think about, oh, should I go in after this? Because think about how that's going to be coming back out. Very, very rarely. The only time I ever think about that is when I'm guiding. But when I'm the trigger man, I never think about that shit. No, same. Let's go, man. (laughs) It is that. like That's that that instinct that we have in us. It's like, no, I'm going to go and I'm going to execute. I'm going to... Yeah. Yes, I do. Like my goal is to harvest this animal and then fill my freezer and and consume this meat for that next year. Like that's my ultimate goal. I mean, even on the nasty packouts, even like I joke too. I'm like all my stuff I end up shooting, it ends up being up high and I have to pack it down. Like it seems like for me, rarely am I packing something up and out of it's often just a lot of downhill travel yeah and it's really painful under load let alone if it's slick or frozen you know snow sure. yeah, ice that sort of much, stuff man when you got especially when it you gets weight. oh dangerous like it yeah. gets dangerous you know under load for sure but i rarely i'm like wow that was so painful like yeah. I remember how painful that was. I don't want to do it again. I'm like, no, no, no. I know. I just know that that was at the time painful. I don't remember right. exactly what that pain exactly. felt like, you know? So I, yeah. I've been lucky. I've been lucky with elk for some reason. Knock on wood. I'll knock on my desk. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't had any really crazy, crazy pack outs. My bull in 2017 in Utah. Mm-hmm. He died. We down and we had to pack him out. But I ended up getting horses because oh, yeah. we got yeah. it up to a level. And then that, at that point, it was just like I had just a hide in the head on my back, and I would take yep. three steps forward and two steps back. And I was like, "Fuck this!" I said, yeah. "We got to hike out of here, and I got to get somebody with horses because there's no way." <laughs> there's, I mean, I had three guys with me, and we couldn't get the damn yeah. thing out. Like it was bad. Um, Dude, it's a and it wasn't thank god it was close it was close we were close to the road i mean like the road was maybe a mile a mile max but it was just one of those super steep down in a hole shitty spots you know but other than that man i've i've always i don't know what it is i got lucky like my my bull two years ago in idaho i mean we were like i don't know three and a half miles in it wasn't terrible mm-hmm. and it was down like you mm-hmm. said it was downhill most of the way but i 
honestly, I can't take a lot of weight anymore. I got, first off, I got four freaking hernias that, uh, yeah, I really don't like to take more than like 60 pounds max. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. do these 120 pound, 150 pound load. I, I can't do it anymore. One, I'm, I'm getting too old for that shit. Yep. And two, like, man, so we, we wanted to get, and we were like, oh, it's only three and a half miles. So it was just, it was me, Charles, and my buddy Dan. And Dan's got a bad knee. So Dan was already only taking like, maybe i think he was taking like back straps and loins and that was it yeah um, yep. so he didn't have a whole lot maybe 20 30 pounds maybe 40 pounds i don't know but and then we split the rest up between charles and i and plus i had the rack and i was like fuck man i'm hurt <laughs> i can feel i can feel my hernias <laughs> and stuff i'm like that's all i need is for my guts to freaking spill out over here on the mountain you know? oh no and i'm like god no. damn no i like but i'm like you know what i'm not doing this shit again i'm like and we boned it everything out i had to we had to because we, we were like we wanted to get it out one trip we like boned it all yep. out yeah but still even boned out you know that's a lot of freaking i don't know what that pack weighed but it was it's a lot of a lot of dead weight. I'm like, it's. It I mean, heavy. I I don't think I've ever put a, yeah, got a scale and actually weighed what my backpack no. was, but I'm like, I know, I know it's up there. I think you hear a lot of people throw around a hundred pounds, this and that, but I they don't I really know what to say. Yeah, you don't even know no. what hundred pounds it is because no, like a hundred pounds is a heck yeah. of a lot and. Honestly, to get that amount in a backpack, regardless of what backpack you use, yeah, it's yeah. a pretty big undertaking to get it to true, to fit on true. the load frame and everything. But that is true. Yeah. That that being said, I'm like, you can sometimes half your body weight. You know, like that's one of the things that we we talk about here in the gym too. It's like if you can back squat um, with with proper form. 50% of your body weight for what, five, six reps mm -hmm. without, without any sort of sign of failure, you're equipped to go and pack that, uh, that load. But if you have instabilities and that sort of stuff, like that means that you probably shouldn't be packing that load, let alone a, like, yeah, even with hernias, just knowing that, like, mm. no, you shouldn't, like, it's not worth it. Like, yeah, like I, you don't want that, you don't want trips. that for your hunting buddies. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather yep. do more trips. Yeah. Smaller pieces, bone, bone it out. And yeah, take more trips. The hard part with more trips, this is for me, because I'm like, I'm one of those like, ah, oh, like, yeah, I'll, yes, it's going to be terrible, but it'll be over, you know? Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm like, let's just load it up and like, let's get it out of here. Because when you, primarily for me, packing stuff downhill means I got to turn and burn and go back up. Right. And oftentimes that's a lot of ascent. That's a lot of vertical feet of ascent. And I'm like, Oh, that's the daunting part. Even for a guy like me, it's like, I got to go back up there and get it. So the fewer trips I can take, the better. And I too, I'm like, I will, I, I've gotten better over the years too of like, yes, call for help. Like your buddies actually want to help you, mm -hmm. let alone if you have, horses or have a buddy with horses they want to help you too and yes that's an awesome experience in and of itself too like that's a satisfying experience so i got some some guys that are going to come out here and hunt this year and 
they were, uh, I was like, yeah, you just let me know. Cause I won't be able to hunt the same time. So I was like, all you gotta do is send me an in reach and I'll, I'll come in and we'll get your meat out. My buddy's got to walk in cooler. We'll get it hung up, you know? Nice. I'm like, really? I'm like, yes. Yeah. Just, just do that. Keep hunting. Your goal is to, you know, both of you kill an elk. So right. <laughs> keep hunting. But no, man, it's, it is definitely, I'm like the pack out. I don't know. A long time ago, I joked with my wife and I promptly received like a really big dead leg from her because I compared, I compared packing out an elk or harvesting an elk, a bull specifically to giving birth to a child. Oh, I was like, don't compare anything to childbirth ever. That's, no, that's, and I did. And I, that's I like deadly waters this, right there. <laughs> this one, like I did this to my wife and I said this cause, and I, and like literally in the kitchen, she, she took me out with the, one of the worst dead legs I've ever had in my life. Cause she was, she's like, really? And she got real close to me and just like swalloped me in the thigh. And, and I just fell to the kitchen floor. But, but that being said, I was like, yes, as a, as a man, I'm not going to experience childbirth. And I shouldn't say this, but I put my foot in my mouth all the time. That's part of yeah, being married. Yeah. Um, well, did, didn't but, you hear you can now, right? Like, no, I was like, I'm like, it's just all this anticipation, like you all like the lead up and you're looking forward to it. And then it, it happens, you kill the elk and then you got to pack it out. And you're it's like, like, no, painful thing. Bench, I got to do this. And she was like, she's like, I'll tell you what, you, you, you have to bleep it out. You shit out of a, a pineapple and tell me what that feels like. Yeah. <laughs> and then she gave me the dead leg. But I was like, but I was like, and then you, once you get it back, like, you're like, I got all the meat. It's in the freezer. Like, I just can't wait to do it again. Yep. And she kind of chuckled about that. You know, it's like, then we want to have another kid. But it was like several months later and I and I did overhear her telling this to one of her friends, this whole story. And I was like, I knew it. <laughs> I knew what elk hunting was. And so she tells the story to the day. It's funny for us because, I mean, I did totally deserve uh, being taken out because that's not right to say. But my piece of it is like there's so much anticipation in, in that hunt and that harvest. And then it's so much painful work but then it's over yeah. and you, you don't remember the pain of that pack out. You just remember that it was painful, but it was also really, really satisfying too. So right. I'm like, that's my, uh, that's my correlation there. I know that's not right, but, and my wife, my wife will tell you that too. So if she was on here, she, she would chuckle and be like, Oh, I took him out. Cause, cause you can't say that. But anyway, <laughs> Hopefully it's okay for the podcast. Oh yeah, but. absolutely. Like, oh, how many how many times you hear me drop f bombs and whatever? I'm like, oh man, I'm like a freaking sailor like, over here. Dude, I was I was like, yeah, packing out so many. I'm like, I've been pinned underneath my backpack, like on my chest. Like, what am I doing? I'm gonna break my my femur if I fall through these lodge poles. You know, mm. um, that's but, the scariest thing, man. Dude, that, that's at a night, scary, like, especially about solo hunting. It's like, man. Oh. I'm like you wrap you wrap your leg around something or let alone under something a down a yeah. down log you know like sticking a hole yeah yeah I'm like you can you can go I my cousin several years ago like he shot a cow and and we still had a pretty solid pack out um, with this cow and I remember we got close to the truck and he did he fell in a badger hole mm. probably about probably about like sixty seventy yards from the truck wow. Um, and he was like, 
He's like, Weston. <laughs> I look back and I'm like, what in the world happened to him? Did he fall? He's like, oh, I fell in a hole. I was like, just hold on. I'm going to get to the truck and dump my pack. And then I'll come back and take your pack off you. Cause you can't climb out of this. And he's, he's literally down in that hole. I'm like, Oh man, he could have got out of it himself. He would have shimmied out of it. But I was like, I'll, I'll quick, I'll come back. Grab his pack. And yeah. like, he's, he's down in there, but that could end, you know, pretty poorly for sure. I know now too, I'll see a lot of guys, especially like in rifle season, that sort of stuff. And I'll use them too. It's just like a good pair of like yak tracks or, you know, the, the ice spikes that mm-hmm. people will run in or use in the wintertime, like not a cramp on, but they make some that are, you know, just a little bit better and they fit the bill. And like, and, and they work really well to give you that secure footing. So on the, you know, the pack down or the hike back up, um, you can just navigate that slick stuff, especially during rifle season. I'm like, those things are game changers. So, but yeah, man, I'm like, it's, it's one, if you know, it's going to snow, I'm like, you throw, get a, go get a set of them, go to your, like your hiking store and get a pair of like yak track. Like, I don't know, they're called nano spikes or there's a variety of um, the silicone, um, or like, I don't know if they're silicone or rubber, but yeah, like rubber. Yeah. And then they got like, yeah, they're cross. I've seen them. I've just never never used them. Some will be chains on, on the bottom. They get like, yes. And like. Yeah, some of them will have a little bit more like actual spikes, but dude, um, I swear by those things. I'm like, yeah, especially for coming downhill, it's like it's just really nice I to have. I won't uh, wear I won't wear a boot that doesn't have a heel break. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. I I just used to that. I used to run, you know, that like flat bottom, not literally flat, but you know, it still had the tread, but uh, mm-hmm. that style boot, and I was like, man, I. I I'd end up on my ass all the freaking time. And I'm like, this is bad. So now, yeah. well, no, now it's been probably 10 years, but I, I, I still end up on my ass. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't have the same, uh, dorsiflexion or plantar flexion that, uh, most people do uh, yeah. in their ankle. So that a lot of times makes me fall. Yeah. Um, I yeah. also have, I don't know, if, not necessarily instability in the sense where like I have weak joints or muscles or whatever, but I had a yeah. surgery. I can't remember. I feel like it might, damn, it might've been all the way back in 2014. And they basically bilaterally on both my, both my calves, they cut into the fascia and they were trying to f- fix my plantar fascio- fasciosis. Oh, okay. okay. Yep. And they cut into my fascia in my Achilles because, again, because I didn't have this range of motion and they thought it was because mm-hmm. my my ligaments were too tight. So they put me, they cut that and they put me in a boot. Yep. And basically forced me into dorsiflexion. And I was in the boot for, I don't know how many weeks or whatever, and then it came off. But now, listen, the end result of it is my calves got yeah. a lot smaller. Uh-huh. Like I, I used to have really big, like nice calves, and now my calves are, I mean, they don't look terrible, but they're not what they used to be. And yeah. I think I do most of my work with the soleus and not the gastroc. Gotcha. Now. Like, yep. 
when I, when my, that muscle engages, it's like, it's flipped where the soleus is now the primary mover versus the gastroc. And it's like, yeah, taking more of that load. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And man, it causes, I, I end up on my ass more times than I care to, you know, but yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to that too. It's one of those, like, like even an app for us, like we do have a PT program. It's not, it's not, it's more general. Like we want to give you the tools to help in some of those instances or where you have those instabilities or pain points. But ultimately, that's really interesting that they, they did that to relieve your plantar fasciitis. Cause if it was, I think now probably more of the research lens to more PT as opposed to surgery. But, yeah, you know, a lot 100%. has. Well, I yeah, did a bunch like of PT a, before it. And I, just so you know, I used to be a PT many, many moons ago. That's what I went to school for. I uh, I did a lot of PT. I did stem cells. I did shockwave therapy. I did all these different things. Everything. Nothing really seemed to work. So they were like, well, you want to do surgery? And I was like, you know, I'm my anti-surgery guy. But um, I always feel like you could fix things. And then finally, I was just like, all right, man, I had it up to here. Let's do it. And I did it. And I did two and a half years of PT, like four or five days a week. After. Oh, dang. And I think the combination of the PT and then I, I, I just lost faith in my foot doctor, my podiatrist. And I was like, listen, yep. I'm going to go to this other guy. I went to this other guy. And he's like, listen, I don't believe what he did is going to do anything for you. Stick with the PT, and he's like, your type of foot, I think you need to be in this special orthotic. And I'm like, man, I've had every freaking orthotic there ever was. And I was like, all right, whatever. Put me in an orthotic. Dude. And he put me in this orthotic, and I'm again, I'm going to knock on my desk. Yeah. Since then, I used to have days where, you know, one to ten, I was like, eight to 10 all freaking day long. And now I wake up in the morning and yeah, I'm still like at a one, whatever. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent, but mm -hmm. for me mm -hmm. to get to an eight to 10, I have to do 12 miles of hiking in the mountains. Dang. I, I'm like, I could have solved all this shit with the free. I don't, you know, I don't know who knows. It could be a combination of all these freaking things I did. Who knows? But it wasn't until I put these orthotics and the orthotic itself. So most orthotics work in one plane and these work in like all planes. Really? Yeah. So it's like, you know, like you ever play that game where you, you keep your hand on a desk and you kind of like keep your fingers elevated uh, and then somebody smacks you on the hand really hard. Yeah. But you, it doesn't totally. hurt. So that's kind of how that the springiness of this of the arch of your foot is supposed to work and this orthotic works like that no way yeah so i mean that's that's pretty sweet i'm yeah. like when it comes down to it too I'm yeah like, but that, that like plantar fascia i just say it's it's nasty oh yeah it's debilitating like, yeah and, debilitating and, I, for and sure. I i push through it for years and years and years you know hiking, yeah hiking all over the damn yeah. place but big and, time I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's a lure. That's the lure of the hunt too. And that's one of the, like that actually, that's, that's perfect too. Cause that's that correlation to that hunter, you know, that, 
that individual that we know like is able to persevere through what a lot of people wouldn't be able to persevere through like that sort of pain tolerance uh-huh. that's a really big deal just to know that you have that it also can be a, a curse somewhat too because sometimes you put off taking care of some of the ailments because you're like oh no like i i can tough through it as well yeah. well that's um, the, that's the freaking hernias right now too like i yeah I keep putting it yep. off. I keep putting it off for two reasons. One, because I, I've been dealing with it for I don't know how many years now. And yep. and two, I don't want to have the downtime that's going to take me out of hunting. So I'm like, right. I almost scheduled it this year for the <laughs> spring. But then I was like, oh, man. I'm like, and I've been getting more into turkey hunting. And I'm like, yep. I don't know if I want to give up going it's turkey hunting. Cut into my turkey hunting. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, but uh, yeah. man, yeah, things. it's a. I'm like you do. You kind of have to find that time and then schedule it. I'm like I one of my one of my good buddies here. He actually um, this winter he got a total knee because he was kind of going back and forth. He's a big time hunter too, and but then also he was like, yeah, he wanted to do some stuff over the winter, and he ended up foregoing what he wanted to do over the winter and getting his total knee mm. so that he had it fully rehabbed. And now I'm like, yeah, I just saw him on Sunday. I'm like, dang, man, you're doing really good. He's like, yeah, it was, it was really good. Like it worked out in his timing to get that total knee. Cause that's one of the pieces too. You know, people always say like, Oh, you don't want to do that. Like you'll wear it out. And it's like, no, no, no. I'm, I want to wear it out. Like get it. Like, that modern medicine is here for a reason. If they can do it and they can make your quality of life better, yeah. do it and wear that sucker out. And then, and if, you know, you have to get another one, get another one. But I met a lady, shoot, she's probably, I'll bet you she's pushing 80 now. Mm. Several, several years ago, we have the M right here in Bozeman. It's a college M. It's a really steep ascent. It's a great place to go. Like it, the, the sun hits it and so it, the snow melts and it's a great place to go and just like climb the hill and get a good workout in. Mm. This lady literally does this. She climbs the M every day, like no joke, even in the winter. Nice. Um, she's just like, yeah, works up at the ski hill and she has a crazy story. But I'd seen her for long enough that one day I was like, I had to stop her because she's so, she's always there. Like, mm. and She's older, but she would charge uphill. She had her dog and like she had like a little uh, like red healer. And um, I stopped her and I was like, I was like, what's your deal? You know, you know, normally you don't ask people that, but I'm like, I know I can ask this lady, like, what's, what's your deal? Why do you climb this every day? And she told me mm. right then and there, like as quickly as I said, what's your, what's your deal? Like I see you here all the time. She's like, she's like two fake knees, one fake hip. She's like, wear it out. Don't waste it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Yes. Yes, absolutely. Two fake knees, one fake hip. And she just go, she goes and climbs. And then she told me like the backstory, like her, her yeah. husband, her, they used to do it because he had diabetes and they did it for his health and he ended up passing away and blah, blah, blah. But so motivated that way, uh, which is really cool. I love sharing that yeah, story because I'm like, I'm like, yes, it comes down to it. Yeah, yeah. If you can schedule the time to get it fixed, but it is tough. I can only imagine like, yeah, just having all the hunting seasons. I don't tur- I don't really turkey hunt, so I'm like, that's my one out. I, I didn't. Of time. I didn't. So <laughs> the last few years, I started doing it. You know, like more. You know, 
Yeah. I would go here and there, or if I drew a tag here in Arizona because you got to draw a tag for free and thirty, I'd go. But I never traveled to do it. I never went out of state. I never like got right. Really, right. you know, I didn't dive down language of Turkey. I didn't do any of that. Really, it just, you know, it's crazy because I had mm-hmm. shot a bunch of them over the years in the fall, like with my bow. Yeah, you know, just like as a creature of habit or a creature of opportunity, not habit, rather, and then. I didn't think of them as my, then I started hunting them. I was like, man, it's like mini elk hunting, you know, especially here in Arizona, the way we do it. It's like, you know, you're walking ridges and calling and it's just, it's a cool experience. So, and anyway, I'm like, I've kind of spaced out my hunting a lot more. I used to clump it a lot together and it's just better for my life. And in general, to be more spaced out. So, anyway, absolutely. But um, seasons, man, seasons. Yep. I want to talk a little bit about what you guys are doing with Alpha Wildlife. Kind of shed a little light on that. We're uh, yeah, we partnered up with you guys. Um, No, we were we were thrilled. Like I said, like meeting meeting you guys at Western Hunt Expo, and then yeah, kind of form more of that relationship as well. Your audience definitely is our audience. We're working to build people's trust in us and what we the what we provide as far as us and programs and you all too and your efforts and that education piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we at Mountain Tough um, we had a couple different things going on. I think um, right now there's a one year opportunity when you become a Howl. Member, yeah, yeah um, there's a one year subscription to Mountain Tough, it's like $240. and that'll run a little bit longer, yeah, like, yeah, it's $240, yeah, it's awesome, so that you can get that. You know, that's just that incentive for you to go and become a member of Howl for Wildlife, and and then after that, we'll do um, a trial, and so that one will run continuously to um, that 30 day trial because. Fitness is a really big undertaking. Like if you're ready for it, you're ready for it. If you're not, it's not your time. You will probably have a moment in time in the future where you're like, you know what I need to do? I need to work on my level of fitness. I need to make some changes. And hopefully, you know, as we have our presence and our brand out there that you'll think of us and you'll utilize our programs and that effort of your own. So that'll be ongoing. But yeah. Right now, if you sign up with Howl, you get that one-year subscription to Mountain Tough, and that's an awesome, awesome benefit yeah, to I you. I think that's huge. Um, yeah, like it, you're motivated on multiple levels, and we're just going to continue adding programs and trying to meet you where you're at. Like we've got um, awesome programs. If you have no, like it's been a while. Like you're don't have a great level of fitness, and you want to get back into it. We've got our on-ramp programs. That is the perfect place to start. And you gain confidence out of that. You gain the mobility that you need to then pursue the next program. And we see people go on just an awesome, awesome journey um, through that. If you already have a fitness level, like some people do CrossFit or they have their gym routine or they run, you know, like love to do that. Um, We've got great supplements to add in the strength pieces. Um, But kind of our, like one of our, Cornerstone products is our backcountry hunting programs. We've just launched preseason, preseason 2.0. That is eight weeks of training um, so that you can get ready for your hunt. And regardless of when your hunt is coming up this fall, it's a great program to step into 
and really, really train specifically for what you're going to experience in the mountains. Mm. So, so that you're, you go out there and you have a great experience. Even if you don't harvest an animal, we hope that your path with Mountain Tough helps you enjoy that experience as much as you should, because it's a, it's definitely a privilege to be out there. And that's how it ties back to, to Howl as well. So that's yeah. huge. That's huge. Well, awesome, man. I want to thank you for coming on and uh, sharing that story with us and uh, yeah. talking about uh, life in general a little bit. And uh, yeah, it was good, good, good conversation and I appreciate you coming on. Totally. No, I appreciate your guys' time too. And I'll, I'll always ramble along. So yeah, we can, <laughs> we can talk again, share some more stories and we'll, we'll have some more coming up here. I think we're, Oh, we're gonna we're gonna do some bear hunting next weekend. Oh, hell yeah, that's nice. So yeah, we'll see what we can we can get done that way. But yeah, we're really appreciative of you all, and thanks for that partnership. Um, and looking forward to seeing people benefit from Mountain Tough, but also just become more knowledgeable um, in this in this conservation world that we're in. That's for sure. So, well, we appreciate you, man. Thank you, and have a good hunt. And uh, let me know how you do. You bet. All right, man. Have a good one. We'll talk to you. Talk to you. Hey guys, thanks for checking out the show. Really appreciate you. Keep those reviews and those comments coming. Helps us keep this free. Do me a favor. Go check out Phoenix Shooting Bags. Use promo code John Stallone to save 20%, all one word. And check out Howl for Wildlife. Thank you very much. And we'll catch you on the next show.